0: Kevin Marcus Miller, setbacks to comebacks podcast. This episode is sponsored by allapproach.com. Welcome to setbacks to comebacks.
1: After 26 years in the corporate retail sector, I reached burnout. I like to describe it, at least in my case, that I slammed into a wall 80 miles an hour and then I just, I was knocked out and I was done. I was getting, you know, stomach issues. And I ended up going to a gastroenterologist and I thought I might have stomach cancer because it was just getting so bad that I had to just kind of plan my life around, you know, the nearest (laughs) bathroom, which is awful. And I was just, I was really, I was concerned. And he said, no, you're just really incredibly stressed. Well, I ended up being on three medications and it was getting so bad it's awful and you know when your attitude starts to change and you don't you're so immersed in it that you don't necessarily think that you're being as negative as you Mm. are but it's just it's just toxic and it's icky and I think about it now and I'm like ugh and it just you know it just bleeds into all areas of life. In a moment of desperation I exited this 26 year career at a high paying salary without a strategy of how to replace the income. Yes, I saved my marriage, I saved my mental health, and eventually my physical health, but we followed banks down the road because I didn't plan accordingly. When we allow ourselves to get to that point and we don't pay attention to those warning signs, or we just try to brush them under the carpet and just say, well, they'll just go away. You know, then it gets so bad that we make a desperate decision.
2: In a world dominated by corporate stress, meet Lisa Hammett seasoned professional who dared to redefine her life's narrative. After 26 years in the corporate retail industry, Lisa Hammett found herself at the crossroads of burnout and imbalance. A leap of faith changed everything. Lisa Hammett transitioned into direct selling, unlocking a passion for coaching and mentoring. Embarking on a health and wellness journey, Lisa Hammett transformed not just her body, but her entire approach to life. In response to the pandemic's challenges, Lisa Hammett founded her success coaching practice aiming to alleviate chronic stress and unhealthy behaviors. Joining the High Performing Coach Program, Lisa Hammett experienced breakthroughs, merging life coaching with health and wellness expertise. Equipped with valuable skills, Lisa Hammett empowers clients to release limiting beliefs, reset mindsets, and lead their happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Discover the journey from corporate chaos to a life of balance and positivity with Lisa. This is Lisa Hammett, and this is her comeback story. Hey, what's going on, everybody?
0: This is Kevin Marcus Miller. Welcome to another edition of Setbacks to Comebacks. Well, you guys know I love a good comeback story. And to be honest, this is somebody whose story I'm not 100% familiar with, so it's going to be very good, and I'm going to ask very inquisitive <laughs> questions. But it was introduced by somebody that we both know, Shout out to Steve. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show from burnout to best life best life lisa hammond how you doing nice to meet you
1: fantastic great to meet you too kevin
0: pleasure pleasure okay curveball question kind of right off the bat just Mm -hmm. very curious are you one of those people who feels like everything in life is a lesson or do you feel like some things just ain't lessons (laughs) Uh (laughs) i gotta know for me i gotta know
1: Mm. So I do believe that everything is a lesson. Okay. However, when it's particularly challenging, Mm. we may not necessarily see the lesson Mm. or the gift and opportunity at that time. Okay. And it's a matter of, okay, if we can't find that, Mm. then we need to accept it and just kind of move on because it kind of falls into that category. Right. You can't change it.
0: (laughs) That's the reason I ask you that is because sometimes I have those moments where I'm like, I think I learned my lesson after my first cardiac arrest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my
1: gosh. I think I got it. I think I got it. You know, so
0: I was very curious to hear where where your thought process was at there. So I like your approach.
1: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> thank you yes you Very know cool. firsthand holy yes.
0: cow ah. absolutely so one of the things i got to ask right off the bat as well is who is someone that you would say hey this this person resembles what lisa is about if you were to sum it up would that be like a tony robbins david waldy who would that type of uh coach that you embody as kind of a life coach what would that look like
1: Well, she's not really a life coach, but somebody (laughs) who I aspire to be like, and I'm putting it out in the universe that I will be on her podcast, Brene Brown.
0: Everyone loves her. I love
1: her. I do. She is such a great thought leader. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to her vulnerability um TED talk. Yeah. Her podcast is is great. I love her books. Mm. She just makes you think, mm. you know, and, and she's she's so open to being just vulnerable in mm. front of people and saying things that other people wish they could say. And they're like, mm. oh, I don't know if I can go there, you know, but she's oh. Uh, just love her. And I'm going to meet her one day. I'm in the Dallas area. She's in Houston. We're not that far away. So we're going to cross somehow.
0: Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. that. I think you could make it happen on the internet.
1: Mm -hmm. I think so too.
0: Love it. Okay. So the comeback, let's talk about the setback. So what, I don't know anything about your story, but what (laughs) I do know is that anybody that's introduced (laughs) to me they got a really good comeback story. We just mm-hmm. interviewed somebody who fell from 40 feet in the air, paraplegic, <sighs> came to be a, a professional athlete in the paraplegic Olympics and won medal. Wow. That like hit me home. I was like, maybe I don't wow. have it so bad as a, I know 13 cardiac arrests is a lot, but maybe I don't have it so bad, you know? Wow. So, wh- mm-hmm. what is your setback? and And let's walk through the comeback.
1: Okay. So to start with, after 26 years in the corporate retail sector, I reached burnout. Mm -hmm. And that term is like so loosely said now that everybody's like, okay, great, whatever, you know, everybody has that. So I like to describe it, at least in my case, that I slammed into a wall you know, at like 80 miles an hour. And then I just, I was knocked out and I was done. I had no more like mental bandwidth. To continue to exist in the Mm. toxic environment that I was in, Mm. I had, you know, siloed myself into an industry, not intending to go into retail out of college, but I did. Mm. And it was fast paced and exciting, but it was also incredibly stressful. And it's so indicative, you know, based on the economy, and it's just, Really stressful. And then when I went into the corporate part of it, the pressure was ridiculous. Mm. And I happened to be in a really bad toxic environment. And, you know, we don't heed those warning signs. And now I would know what to think about but oftentimes you know you just kind of get foggy headed some days little you know just forgetfulness and we think oh i'm just kind of tired whatever okay that could be a precursor to chronic stress we don't think about that and then obviously you know tension headaches but then in my case i was getting you know stomach issues and i ended up going to a not to be gory, but a gastroenterologist. And basically, you know, I thought I might have stomach cancer because it was just getting so bad that I had to just kind of plan my life around, you know, the nearest (laughs) bathroom, which is awful. And I Mm -hmm. was just, I was really, I was concerned. And he said, no, you're just really incredibly stressed and you need to get this under control or you're going to end up, you know, with a lot of health problems. Well, I ended up being on three medications. And then I I had known my husband for seven years prior to getting married, but mm. we had only been married a couple years. And it was getting so bad. I mean, he he told me as well. He's like, I love you, but I don't like you. And you have mm. got to get out of that job because it is it's killing you, it's killing us. It is, it's awful. And, you know, when your attitude starts to change and you don't, you're so immersed in it that you don't necessarily think that you're being as negative as you mm. are, but it's just it's just toxic and it's icky. And I think about it now and I'm like, ugh. And it just, you know, it just bleeds into all areas of life. So mm. in my case, it just got so bad. I just, in a moment of desperation, I exited this 26-year career at a high paying salary without mm. a strategy of how to replace the income. Wow. So, Yes, I saved my marriage. I saved my mental health and eventually my physical health. But we followed banks r- down the road because I didn't plan accordingly. Mm. So, you know, I, I did overcome it. And I wrote a book that you know incorporates that incorporates that but i share that because when we allow ourselves to get to that point and we right. don't pay attention to those warning signs or we just try to brush them under the carpet and just say well they'll just go away you know then it gets so bad that we make a desperate decision and and i've seen people end marriages or end careers or make a huge financial investment into something that mm. they haven't really thought about and then that can create a lot of problems and You know, I'm not saying don't do those things if Mm. it's the best thing for you, Sure, but you got to be thoughtful about it. You can't just wake up one day and just say, I'm done. And then just, you know, create Mm. this, this new life. There has to be a process, I I guess. And when you say
0: you were driving, were, were you saying that you were literally driving? Did I hear you correctly? And you hit a tree going 80 miles an hour?
1: No, but that's how it felt that's like how it felt. Is, okay. that's how it felt. I mean, literally, I woke up one morning hmm. and the world looked gray. Wow. it was there was no color. It just wow. in my opinion, it just everything looked gray to me. and you know i was I was so stressed out on Sunday nights anticipating going into this toxic environment that I hmm. would physically make myself sick. and I you know, was not sleeping well, and then I would hmm. get to work and just the tension and it was just it was bad. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. wow. So, anyways, that's my lovely journey.
0: <laughs> when you talk to me about that toxic trait, help me help define that so we can help others identify that. What were some of the triggers or things that you can recognize now that were toxic?
1: Well, in in my particular environment, there was a lot of nepotism. Okay. Which you know, not good. Uh, you feel like you're getting supported by the right people, and mm. so you say something, and you're misinterpreted as like a whistleblower because mm. you're providing feedback. But it's it's really they want to hear the feedback because they realize that there's an issue, but then they don't want it, and then you're deemed like, oh well, you're a troublemaker or you mm. know whistleblower or something, and then it's just. It was getting to the point, too, where I was being forced. The company kept reorging It was just not doing very well. So it kept restructuring. Mm. And I was being forced to go into an area. They weren't demoting me, but into an area that I had no desire to go into whatsoever. Mm. But they needed people in that space. And they're like, this would be good training. You know how they spin it on you? Yeah, you know? yeah this is going to be such a fantastic Great opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> yes, And you're like, you're so full of, you know what? <laughs> <Just shut up."
0: laughs> right, 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 you right.
1: Know? So yeah, it's just, okay. yeah.
0: Who's the, like, when you think about who you were and that, that super low moment, what emotions popped up for you that you can still feel in your body today?
1: <sighs> well, almost to the point of like being brain dead in part, you know, uh, physically just (laughs) sick, you know, like imagine like when you're, you're sick and you feel just gross and you're maybe recovering from the flu and you're just, you feel heavy, you feel unwell. I Mm failed to mention, I was also 65 pounds overweight as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, clearly I was eating my emotions or eating the wrong things, you know, just grabbing energy crap whenever I could, you know. So that kind of compounded. But, you know, so physically just terrible, but really brain dead. It's like Mm. I just couldn't, I couldn't see past this situation. I just literally the world seemed gray.
0: Wow. when you say the world gray, that really hits home for me because I remember one day um after I think it was my second cardiac arrest and Mm. I looked out and I actually felt like, am I colorblind? Wow! Like you ever yeah. had that feeling? Like yes. I, right? I was like, hold yes. on a second. Did 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 that affect my eyes actually? Like I actually yes. thought that. And I was like, hold on a second. Something's wrong. Yes. So when you said that, I was like, hold on a second. What? Yeah. yeah. I think she know. So. I do. W- would you say that there is when now this beautiful work that you're doing, helping people make their comeback? hmm would you say that there are some traits that people tend to, oh, I can't, things can't go wrong, or I I just keep pushing through. What are the traits that you notice in your students? Like, you don't need that. That doesn't belong to you. Let's get rid of that. What Mm -hmm. do you notice? I think a lot of
1: it is they're in denial. Mm. that it's really as bad as it is. They're just, Mm. and I don't know if they're trying to create a false sense of reality or it's like, I just, I can't, my productivity is going to suffer. Mm. And, you know, they tend to be workaholics
2: Yeah, and
1: they tend to have siloed themselves kind of like how I did into a high paying job that at one time they might've been passionate about, Mm. but, they really hate their job. And it's just become this big, huge burden mm. to them. But, you know, they've locked themselves, or at least they think they have locked themselves into this high salary mm. and they have a lot of expenses. As a result, they could have a family, they could have a really expensive house and nice mm. cars and, you know, all the things that come with, oftentimes a higher salary and you know, they're like, I have a standard of living. I I have to do this. Or what drives me crazy. And I hear this all the time is, Oh, I'm just going to bide my time for retirement. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, I've invested so much here and I get that. I'm not trying to poo poo that that is, yes, that's important. I mean, if you have a couple months to go, Mm. well, that's a different story. But if you're looking at five years, you know, are, are you going to be alive in five years? Mm. If, if you're in such poor health and you're so stressed out, you know, that you're, you have a cardiologist or you're, you know, morbidly obese Mm. or you're having serious mental, you know, concerns, right. Where, where are you going to be? And Mm. if you have a family, are they even going to be willing to stay with you for five years? you know, and that's, I mean, it's a sobering, horrible thought, but it's like, are you going to have a family? Are they even going to want to tolerate you anymore? Because had wow. I stayed in that environment, my husband and I would have been divorced. He would have just said, I love you, but I'm done. I can't deal with this. You are just, you know, and he's a great guy and he really will be patient wow. to the point of, you know, really, he doesn't need to be that patient <laughs> anymore, but you know, it, it's enough. is enough. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay yeah are they even (laughs) gonna be around that oh that hit that hit are they even gonna be around i wonder if people um respected other people in their family that way maybe they wouldn't always be the ones kind of pointing the finger like they don't understand me it's stressful i'm doing this for them Mm -hmm. really are you actually doing it for them No. no i don't think so They have
1: this twisted, misguided thing that, well, I'm doing this because I can provide financially. Yeah, Yeah, but, but really in a relationship and with a family, they want you. They Mm. want you, the person, they want you to be there. Sure. Yes. There is some kind of financial responsibility. I understand that, but that's not, that should not be the number one focus. It Mm. should be that quality connection and, you know, that space that you have together and the quality time together. Mm. And if you don't have that, if you never see the other person, because they're always working. And then when you see them, they're in a terrible mood or they're Mm. sick or they, you know, that why even be married? Right. You know, why even have a family? I mean, I hate to say that, but
0: for you now, now that you're on the other side, what are Mm -hmm. some of the habits that you replace? Like, what are some of the things that you do now? You know, whether it's activities with your husband or, you know, just activities that you do.
1: It's, It's so important. So healthy boundaries. Top of the list, you know. I used to be a huge people pleaser, and I'm not saying I, you know, we all like to be liked, and I I hate toxicity. And I think it was because I spent so many years in a toxic environment that when I see drama coming, I'm like heading for the hills. You know, I'm like, "Ah, no way, I can't deal with that. But you know, not avoidance anymore, but healthy boundaries is you have got to take time to care for yourself. You have to, because you can't, if you don't take care of you, you can't be there for anybody else in your life at all, or your job, Mm. you know, you have got to take care of you. And I'm going to use an example of a, of a former client who set a really great, healthy boundary. And this resonated with me and kind Mm. of instilled why it's so important. So she had a very high level job at Raytheon probably heard of Raytheon. And, um, she was the primary breadwinner. The husband stayed home with the kids. They had two small children and it worked really well for them. And she set a boundary that when she got home from work that she needed 30 minutes, Mm. you know, I need 30 minutes. I will say hello, you know, at at the door, I'm not going to, you know, just dart into my room and ignore you. But she said, I need 30 minutes. Because and some days she would just lay down. Other times, maybe she took a bath or, you know, whatever it is. Maybe she did meditation. But she's like, I just need 30 minutes. And after that, you have a 100% of my time and attention. Mm. I don't care, you know, what you need after that. But you need to give this to me. And she instilled in them that she was a much better person. And it worked. It worked really? because she was able to really disconnect in that amount of time because she had a very high pressure job. You can imagine right. working for that company. So she was able to just compartmentalize, mm. put it away. And then she gave a hundred percent to her family. That's and awesome. I'm like, isn't it? I, I was like just that. like, You're so awesome for that. And then it really made me think. It's like, okay, you know what? Put your phone down. Stop. Mm. You know, it it doesn't matter if somebody texts you and it's somewhat important. You know what? The world's not going to implode. Just Mm. put your phone down. You know, set a clear boundary. And if you're too busy to do something, even though in the past you might have committed to doing something like this, Just say, I'm sorry. I just, I I can't. I can't do it right now. You know, you just, you don't have to provide a dissertation about why you can't (laughs) do it. You know, you don't have to apologize. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) You don't have to apologize. That's the worst thing that you should do is do do not apologize if you're setting a healthy boundary. You can say, thank you. I appreciate the offer, but my plate is very full right now.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: There's just ways don't that you apologize. can do
0: it. No. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, do I do that sometimes? Mm-hmm. I do. I could definitely do that. Say thank you for the offer. Mm-hmm. I love thank that.
1: Thank you. You don't have to That's be nasty good. about it. You don't have to go, yeah, no, are you kidding? <laughs>
0: <laughs> 100%. 100%. <Yeah. laughs> so, living your best life, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you?
1: To me, and I walk clients through this process too, especially when they're trying to get out of a situation or just kind of figure out their life. It's really living into your values, your passions, and your mm. strengths. And values can really uh, cause people to get hung up sometimes. You know, they're mm. like, I, I don't understand really what a core value is. What is most important to you in life? And then they're like, well, there's so many things. Right, okay, well, then right. just write them down. You might have 30 things. But bottom line is you can get them up to the top two or three. I and see. that may seem intimidating, but... When you land on the things that are most important to you, all those little sub things will bubble up unto, mm. uh, under them. So like for example, you know family is a top, is a top uh, character trait or core value for a lot of people. So that could incorporate quality time with family. It could be open honest communication. It could be trust. You know all of those core values that are important all bubble up under family. You know, so it's getting that really understanding what you're passionate about and what lights a fire mm-hmm. under you, you know, and then your strengths. And those could be your God-given talents. They could mm-hmm. be things that you've developed, you know, as you have grown in your job or just mm-hmm. in life skills, you know, and mm-hmm. really leaning into that. And when you're leaning into all of that. Then you mm. can really lead a happy, healthy, fulfilled life. But it has to come internally. It's not mm. outward gratification, which unfortunately for a lot of people, they think, well, when I own that house or when I have that car, or when I have that child or when I yeah. make a hundred grand or it's seven figures or, you know, whatever it is, oh, then I'm going to be happy. Mm. Well, those things are nice, but those don't define happiness. You have got to internalize that and really understand what is it that really lights you up? Mm-hmm.
0: What is it that really lights you up? That's what we should name this episode. I like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what is
0: it that really lights you out? Ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Hammett. Make sure you Google her. All of her links will be in the show notes as well. Okay, you can get the new work back, workbook as well from Burnout to Best Life Workbook. Tap in. You already know what it is. <laughs> Tap in everything you yes. need. She's got your back.